This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Otani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live as we're getting you ready for a day of Major League Baseball here on Friday the 6th. The Athletics obviously going to be starting what is starting to look like a really big grind of the schedule where we're going to talk to Mark Kotze, the skipper, about it. But, man, this is not going to be easy. This is what we have today for you. Fran Reardon's going to join us coming up here, the manager of the Las Vegas Aviators. That's going to be at 2.30. Sarah Langs from MLB.com. She's a great follow on Twitter. She's got all the nuggets everybody loves. She's going to be here at 3 o'clock. And then the skipper, Mark Kotze, at 3.30. Now, we always keep it as the kids like to say 100. Commander, how are you? It's a 100, I believe they say. Whatever they say. Uh, uh, yes, that's what we're going to try to do today. So they, so we interviewed Mark Kotze earlier today. That would have been at 9 a.m., 11 a.m. his time there in the Twin Cities. And we got into it. A little bit about this schedule, and I, you know, just going to pull it up my phone real quick. And it's kind of crazy, but this is what happens when, my God, you miss one week of baseball and the schedule makers just make it horrible for everybody. The A's are going to play three games in Minnesota, not a big deal. Then they're going to play five games in four days. Five games in four days. Mark is going to tell you coming up here at 3.30, he doesn't remember that ever happening in his career. And then on top of that, where you go, well, that's not that bad. But wait a minute, they're going to come home, take on the Angels, and now that's a doubleheader on Saturday. Now, I'm thinking from a broadcasting standpoint, what, we got that many, we got two doubleheaders in a week? I don't remember that ever happening Mark doesn't remember it happening in his career. I don't remember it happening in my career. So you start thinking the A's, you're talking about 15 games in 13 days. You want to start looking at make or break where you are in your season? I mean, we're looking at it right now. But 
because they're still in it. You know, I mean, Chad Pender said it. Hey, we're still fighting. We're still in this thing. You're going to hit bumps in the road. Let's see. And you go and have a good road trip here. It's not like the Bomba squad's been playing great. They've lost two in a row. So it's an interesting series for both the Athletics and the Twins. But we first have to start the show, really, with the gear we got going today. Lansing Lugnuts gear represented today here on Ace Cast Live. You have the shirt. I had the Lansing Locos hat. This is courtesy of our friend Jesse Goldberg Strassler, who's actually going to be filling in for Ken Korak uh, coming up in Boston. So talk uh, about – Far more important, you hear him on A's Total Access like every three weeks. Yeah, he does the uh, – he Forget update. Ken Korak. This is about A's Total Access <laughs> when we get to have him and he gets to interview a player, a manager, or whatever the heck they got going on in Lansing. But, th- hey, we got to tell him thank you. My shirt is sweet. Yeah, you got a hat. I have. A I got shir- the hat too. I have a shirt that I have at home that I'm not currently wearing. I'm wearing a. I'm actually wearing a lights have taken full effect T-shirt. Thank you of our. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I bought it, but courtesy of our friends at the Last Dive Bar. Uh, they you- weren't technically. They weren't a sponsor then. Yeah, no, I bought all the stuff I bought for them. They're now a sponsor. Yeah, prior to them being a sponsor, I bought. I bought everything I buy for them, and all the proceeds go right into the Ace Community Fund and local charities. I buy everything that I buy from them. I I've bought and I yeah paid for I've paid for everything I bought from them. That is your grammar right there, courtesy of the University of California, Pennsylvania. It's, uh, California University of Pennsylvania. That's let's not ruin the. That's not even called that anymore. We are, are you with, are you sure they even want to count you as a graduate? I was in there. I buy everything that I buy from there. I was in the inaugural twenty <laughs> under forty class. <laughs> They might want to take that banner down. <laughs> they want to rethink that? <laughs> yeah, they might want to take that down. <laughs> All right. There we go. That's better. That's better. That's better. Because we want to uh, hopefully let people know, because I know a lot of people are listening, athletics.com slash acecast, but you can also follow us now. We're on YouTube. Yep, and we're on our uh, our A's our A's Cast Twitter page, Athletics Cast Twenty Four, so you can catch us there and on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/Athletics. And the cool thing is, with what everything that we're doing, just to remind people is, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're listening live or watching live, thank you. We waved you. We appreciate all the support. But it's also something that you're able to download or go back to YouTube, go back to Twitter, and watch throughout the weekend. Yeah, it's so, gonna, everything's going to the, the last, lives forever, as yeah, they like to the, say. The last shows we did here from the uh, remote road studio, uh, they're both on YouTube right now. You can watch. I've I've actually started making some clips from some of the stuff. I actually sent the last uh, promo we did for the last dive bar to the to the guys, and uh, they loved it. So we we have a lot of opportunities to do different things with this, including having different guests on, like we'll have today, all via video, except obviously Mark Kotze, who we talked to at nine a.m. There's a lot of interesting things to talk about in Major League Baseball today. We got a lot to get over. There was a horrific collapse by the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. Stop me if you heard this one, as they are historically bad. And our Mets, I don't know how they became our Mets. When did the Mets become our Mets? Maybe when Sandy took over. Hold on. We're going to talk about the Mets. Sandy had nothing to do with it. Meet the Mets, greet the Mets, step right up and greet the Mets. 
Bring your kitties, bring your wife. Bring your kitties. Guaranteed to have the time of your life. Because the Mets are really Something happened with the Mets that made us like the Mets. Uh, I don't know. I my, my buddy Jason Babcock went to City Field, got me a Mr. Med hat. My other buddy, Rob Heller, who's from New York, is a big Mets fan. And I always made fun of him in the Mets. So I don't know where the um, – Well, we're big Polar Bear fans. No, you are. Yeah, I, I well, don't know yeah. where we became Mets. But if this is not an omen that things are changing and flushing, if this is not, hey, listen, start buying stock in Queens. When you get off to a great start, whatever issues they have had, Buck Showalter, by the way, is someone you always invest in early, not late. He will ru- he will wear out his welcome, but it always starts out good. Remember, before Joe Torre, setting up that run for the Yankees was Buck Showalter. Remember, setting up the Diamondbacks to be world champions was Buck Showalter. So he gets you going early and had a pretty good run with the Orioles. So we got to get into that. Some people are starting to make some early uh, – Let's just say they're making these early, hey, listen, look at me. I could be the MVP guy. Manny Machado in San Diego for Bob Melvin is like, no Nando. Tatis Jr.'s out. Everybody hop on this back. Well, Hosmer's played great too, but put everybody on this back because Manny, even though I'm not a big fan of Manny, and I think we all remember some run-ins with the Orioles and Josh Donaldson and kind of remember what Manny was like uh, and just knowing, you know, talking to people around the league about Manny. I got to say it's been impressive what Manny's doing. The Padres actually, believe it or not, from what I looked earlier, they lead – they have the, they have the guy, two guys that lead Major League Baseball batting average. Eric Hosmer's number one. Manny Machado's number two. Machado has seven homers, 20 RBI. You would think that he – how, how can I put this? The Padres' offense usually struggles, but they're playing well. And Manny looks great. He's a great defender. You know you're going to get defensively. He'll hit home runs, but the 374 batting average. Now, I know I don't care about batting average, but in a year where we need to start caring about batting average because, well, no one can hit. I don't care about batting average, but we need to start worrying about batting average. You better hope to God you start worrying about batting average. It gets better. <laughs> it's going to be what is it? a Two, major problem. I think it's 230. I can pull it up. It's 230 league-wide, I think. I'm not going all in on the Padres until I can see them actually compete with the Dodgers and the Giants. Giants struggling. We're rooting place. for Bob Melvin. You know we love Bob. I'm not going to buy the Padres until – there is the extra wild card, whatever, but I'm not buying Padres until they compete with the Giants. Another interesting series that we can go over a little bit later is that a man that signed a seven-year, $245 million deal after a World Series. Oh, no, D.C., they're losing their player, Anthony Rendon. Rendon has sucked, let's be honest. He hasn't been healthy. He has been terrible. When he has been healthy, he hasn't been good. Look at the, Look at his slash line. In D.C. in seven years, 290, 369, 490. So that's your batting average, your on-base, and your slugging. Fantastic with 136 home runs seven years in D.C. Since then, stinker. But the good thing for the Halos, everybody around him has been phenomenal. Trout is Mike Trout, one of the greatest players of all time. Last 17 games off the charts. Otani just went into Fenway Park, seven innings, scoreless baseball, struck out 11. He is still doing what he is doing. And Taylor Ward's better than any of them. 
five bombs, 13 RBIs, 12 runs scored over his last 11 games, hitting 381. Halos are for real. They're 17 and 10, now taking on the Nationals. Uh, Rendon going back, uh, Soto. Funny note about Soto, and you brought this to my attention, then doing the little research. Yeah, Soto's hitting 346, and yeah, uh, last six games, and yes, Soto's got a bunch of home runs. Um, they're all what? Solo home runs, <laughs> except for, uh, let me look it up. This was going into yesterday, but I remember. All six of Soto's homers this season have been solo. Yeah, six shot. solo home runs, seven RBI on the air. All six. Now his team stinks. No, that's not. They're nine and eighteen. But there's never. You're trying to tell me there's. Ne- we don't. Wa- I don't watch national games. I see highlights. I'm like you, right? We don't have time to watch everybody's games. Uh, quick pitch. You're trying to tell me no one's ever on base when he's on. Nobody. It uh, doesn't seem like it because they're struggling. I mean, they're not. They're not the Reds. Bad. You're but- telling me if I go over every game log this year, there's never anybody on base, and that the only time he can take advantage of anything is when he's up up to, up at the plate by himself. Let me see how his teammate and Josh Bell has three home runs, 19 RBI, and a 356 batting average. So apparently, he's. Stealing all the RBIs from Juan Soto. He's on an on-base of 453. He's on. Well, look at him. 195 OPS plus. Is that any good? He's a guy that's getting on, and he's a guy. uh, So A lot of solo jacks for Juan Soto, but yet 23, and obviously very impressive. So there is a lot of stuff we'll get into. We definitely are going to get over. We're definitely going to get into last night's game, Phillies, Mets, and that collapse. It is unreal. It is hard to believe that even happened. But the big news that is coming out of the Twin Cities is Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa has suffered a fractured right middle finger. We could have broke news, by the way, as when we talked to Mark Kotze this morning, asked him about Cole Irvin, we found out this morning we're not in the business anymore breaking news. Ever since the commander and I left the radio station, went to work for the A's, we're not news breakers, but we've known now for a while uh, even as of yesterday, and really last day at the yard, that Cole Irvin was going to be going on the IL. Um, so he is on the IL, but no one's making That's not news to people in baseball. It's Carlos Correa with a fractured middle finger. And, you know, stuff stuff happens. I mean, he was hit by a pitch. But, you know, this has been the knock on Correa and about the long-term deal because this is an injury that happens during the game and that stuff happens. But then there's also the fractured rib while he's getting a massage. There always (laughs) seems to be something with this guy. And he's only 27. Always. He's always hurt. I mean, no no doubt. If you ask me, do you want Carlos Correa and do you want him in the postseason? Because when the postseason comes on, he's that dude. He's that guy. When you talk about you got to have that player that everybody goes, ooh, that guy's on their team, that guy's in the lineup, that guy comes to play. Carlos Correa has had – there's no sample size – there's no small sample size anymore with him in the postseason. This guy's a bad man. You got the yeah. postseason and numbers. 79 games, he has 18 home runs, 59 RBI, 272 average, and an 849 OPS. And he's a bad man. He's a but, – but here's my problem with a – 10-year contract and paying him till he's 37, something always seems to happen to the guy. This one you're not going to put on him because he got hit in his right middle finger uh, during a, a swing on Thursday. 
That stuff happens. I mean, he was red hot hitting 412 over the last eight games. Got out to a slow start, but he's red hot. But, man, this is the thing about giving somebody who ends up on the IL a lot, whatever your mega deal you want to make him, eight-year, ten-year deal, what we're starting to see all these deals are ridiculous. And you you thought what the Twins did was totally with him four years, there's opt-outs, he can get out, they can get out, everybody can get out. Three years. Three years, he can get out, whatever. It's an opt-out every year for three It's really a one-year deal. You have a one-year deal. Trevor Bauer's a name no one wants to talk about, but that, and for obvious reasons, but that's the kind of deal the Dodgers have been looking to do. They kind of offered the exact same thing. Uh, offered uh, Bryce Harper. That is really the future of baseball. Uh, signing long-term eight, ten-year deals is just, you're dumb. You're just, you're, you know what, you literally are dumb. Even the great Mike Trout's long-term deal so far has been, Meh. Nah. He's been hurt. Well, I, human beings get hurt. If you Anybody who ever says, look at the back of the baseball card, do not trust them. Whenever you hear anybody in our business who goes, ah, you know, I'm just going to look at the back of the baseball card. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll look at the back of the baseball card, and without PEDs, the back of the baseball card says every single guy in the history of the game other than who? Ted Williams? Yeah. I mean, Ted Williams at like 39 hit like 39 home runs. Everybody ages and everybody regresses. Do not look at the back of the baseball card. It's a stupid cliche. Every ex-player now, MLB Network, too many of our broadcasters use it. It's bad. Um, These long-term deals are not good. This for Carlos Correa and this for the Twins is a good deal. Um, That is... To me, smart. You want to talk about GMing? That's smart GMing. What we will see, I haven't, I've seen our lineup, which we can get into. Our lineup tonight is actually, wow, okay. Sheldon Noisy's leading off tonight. Um, not a stranger to stealing bags, as we have seen so far this season. He has three, right? I think it's three. We had two in one game against yeah, the Giants. I think he has three total. Royce Lewis, who was the 2017. Was he the? He was the first overall pick in yeah. 2017. Twins top prospect, number 44 overall according to MLB.com. Is gonna get called up? Is he in the lineup making his debut? I'd have to find the Twins lineup, but I can give real quick. I can give you his AAA numbers. Just go to MLB.com. Yeah. How hard is this? Uh, Three ten batting average for uh, Lewis in AAA, St. Paul. So we're literally right at home for the. The Twins' top prospect. I'm on MLB.com. Let's see if they've updated it yet. I know the AR lineup is in. Oh, great! Unexpected error has occurred when you click on when I clicked on it. Well, I don't want Twins tickets. Why are you? Bringing, I'm not traveling to Target Field. You're not Probably, going to Target Field. No, yeah, their line, their lineup. Uh, what I have on right now, MLB.com, their lineup is not out, so we don't know. But our lineup, interesting. This is a very unique, and it's 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 telling us something. Because let's face it, the A's, the A's gotta they they gotta know where they are right now. You know what? I'm gonna tell you next. 
where where the A's are right now and what does this lineup tell you? Remember, Fran Reardon coming up here at 2.30, but what does the old lineup tell you? You're going to find out right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, we actually got something uh, pretty cool here. We have the new, uh, we have on, join us as we celebrate Asian American Pacific Highlander, Islander heritage at the ballpark on Friday, May 13th. Snag an AAPI hat presented by Cal State East Bay. Get your tickets, athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. Join us again as we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander heritage at the ballpark on Friday, May 13th. That's against Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Disneyland, whatever we're calling them now. Brought to you by? Cal State East Bay. Cal State East Bay. I got to tell you. This hat is slick. Like, look underneath the bill. This is a sweet. This hat is sweet. I like. It. I like the way it For looks. For a give, all giveaways are great, especially at the Oakland Coliseum that are put on by the Oakland Athletics. But this one, especially, this hat is sweet. So then, I gotta tell you, this is a must-have if you're an A's fan. And then what it says something on the side too, right? I didn't see. Yeah, it, it says stop, stop Asian stop hate, Asian but hate. I don't know okay. if they can see that. But huh? Yeah. Black and red. That's this is what you wear on Sundays to play golf. Your Tiger Woods, your black and red, right there when <laughs> you're going to win the U.S. Open or the Masters. So that's that's going to be Where Friday. Where should we put this? We got to put this campy. No offense. <laughs> no offense, Bert, but uh, you're gonna be you're gonna hold it up here, or we can put it on top of the A's helmet. There you go. It still has still has the A's logo on it. Yeah. So that's Friday, May. So 13th. this is the hat you get right here. Yep. Friday, May thirteenth. Get your tickets. Athletics.com/slash/tickets. Should I promote another hat? Oh, uh, is this the lug nuts hat? The so actual lug nuts hat, not the locos one. This that I is have. the lug nut shirt that I'm wearing, and here's the lug nuts hat. This is what they wear on game day. It's 
pretty sweet. Lansing Lugnuts. That's our high A team. I want to shout out Jesse for sending this to us. It's great gear. It's a great hat. Alex Jensen, if you're listening, we're still waiting for Tony's. By the way, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Alex Jensen has gotten more promotion from this organization <laughs> for being a one-trick hack. And I'm telling you right now, he's on the clock. Because as much as we've made him, we can break him. You know how we do in this country. We build you up. And we'll tear you down. Yeah, he's on the broadcast tonight, so everyone listen for errors, tweet them, everything. Oh, we're every – if he – one one mistake, one, until we get our gear. I want some Stockton Port gear because the Stockton Port gear is slick. By the way, you know what you – Where all of our affiliates should be sending us stuff. We'll send you stuff, and we'll, we'll promote – we promote you. Do you promote us? Uh, you can put Fran on the spot when he comes on in a few minutes. I would never do that to <laughs> one of the greatest managers in the history and, of mankind. And one of our good friends, one of the last people we saw before we saw Sandy Alomar in I'm Vegas. I'm telling you right now, Fran Reardon is a leader of men, a leader of people. If he runs for politics, I'm voting. I mean. I don't care. Governor, senator, congressman. He runs for president. Fran Reardon all day long. Fran Reardon gets, you know, his slogan, Fran Reardon gets the job done. <laughs> we got to make sure we ask him about Shea Langoliers, Ramon Laureano, the Buffalo Bills playoff game against the Chiefs because, you know, he's from Buffalo. A lot to get into a Fran. Um, <laughs> I know everybody with Langoliers is getting very fired up. Ten home runs already. It's Vegas. He had his first one on the road yesterday. It's Vegas. It doesn't matter. What is that? No, I, I that's what I'm saying. Pe- I listen to you people, and it frustrates me. Okay? It frustrates me. I'm the same. You fall into the same stoop. I don't know. He could be Johnny Bench. I don't know. I've never seen him. Johnny Bench or him? No, he could be the next Johnny Bench. I don't know. Vegas. Do you want to bring up Sky Bolt? You've seen Sky Bolt at the big league level. Sky Bolt, the next great player in the history of baseball, bring me up his numbers in Vegas. Oh, you want to do that? You want here, here? Here's Vegas. Let me let me get it real quick. We did this the other day. I think we were doing it. After. Sky Bolt. Tell me how great Sky Bolt is in Vegas. Got to get him up here. This guy's going to be an all star. Uh, hold on. Let me scrolling in Vegas. Uh, let's see. In twenty, let's see. Let's do twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, full year. He had two sixty nine and eighty nine games with eleven homers, sixty one RBI. In twenty twenty one, nine homers, twenty nine RBI, three eighty seven. In 387 in Vegas. In 51 games last year. What's he done in the big leagues? Uh, I can tell you right now. He's, uh, I think he has, what, one home run? Uh, one career home run. He hit it last year. Uh, four RBI hitting 90. Zero. Point zero ninety. 90. Yeah. Hitters aren't that good. Pitchers aren't that bad. Triple A. Every, every park is a bandbox. Every park has either – Super dry weather, elevation. It is all built for offense. Langoliers, is he the next Johnny Bench? I don't know. But don't tell me, hey, look what he's doing in the big leagues because he comes up here and hits a buck 20, and then we're all like, we'll send him back down. I don't know. Just just pump the brakes. Well, all I was saying is he hit his first road home run. So that's and what I'm where saying. was it? Uh, Sacramento, I think. Yeah, because Sacramento is, is a freezing cold weather yeah. place. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, every place is elevation. It's warm. The ball flies. Yeah, uh, the Pacific Coast League isn't isn't. Uh, it's an offensive league. It's, yeah, very friendly to the that's players. not that, friendly to the pitchers. It's it's like an off. It's it's like a league on. It's like a league that took its own steroids. 
It's a good way to put it. I mean, we've seen a lot. Everything of- is you can't, you can't, you can't trust anything. It's unbelievable. Do we have the great friend Reardon? Oh, hey. What is happening? How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm just uh, sitting in the office here in Sacramento getting ready for another game. What do you think of the new A's Cast Live set? That's pretty sweet. I, I never saw the old one, but uh, I love the tribute to Ray there, and uh, it looks pretty sharp. Pretty sharp digs. You know, the old one looks like a bat. You know, it was like uh, spit cups and beers and stuff like that. So uh, we, we've cleaned it up a little bit here. And we were just talking about it because we had Sandy Alomar Jr. on the program. And the last time we saw him was right before the whole COVID outbreak. And then it was the same thing with you because we interviewed you right after him. And then, of course, we got to talk to you the alternate site and obviously last year. But it's the first time seeing you. So it's great to see. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. And it's good to kind of get a sense of normalcy back where we can do these things again. How is the season going so far for you guys down there? It's been great. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind. We've had a lot of personnel moves and a lot of roster flux. But uh, I tell you what, we're having a lot of fun here, and there's some guys that are really performing and uh, looking forward to helping Oakland here yeah. in the near future. Yeah, you start thinking about utilizing the 40-man roster. When Ramon Laureano comes up, I think it's going to be now 38 players from the 40-man have been used. Have you ever seen something like this? I haven't, but uh, you know what? It's exciting, and it's a land of opportunity now, and uh, I I think there's still a lot of energy um, within the entire organization. I know there's still a lot of energy in the big leagues, and, you know, it's kind of of a fun time for, for guys to make names for themselves. Yeah, so when you start thinking about that land of opportunity, because we've talked about that for years, like if you get traded, you get signed, you can be a minor league rule five, whatever. you know that when you come and sign with the A's that you're going to have a chance to get to the big leagues. And we've talked to you before how it's the greatest conversation, the biggest part of your job is to tell a guy that he's going to the big leagues. Just what does that mean? And just remind our fan base that when guys come over, they understand, and when they play for you, they understand they're not going to – you're not blocked. You you produce, you'll have an opportunity to get to the big leagues. Well, it's it's been like, like that in, uh, in AAA with Oakland since I started managing in 2018 at the AAA level. And to me, it's a beautiful thing because a uh, big reason we get so many really good minor league free agents, major league free agents, um, international free agents to come here is because they – they see the opportunity, they know the opportunity, and uh, I, I think Oakland in general does a great job of providing players with an atmosphere where they can go and, and be the best versions of themselves, and a lot of players in the last four or five years have taken advantage of that opportunity, and then from my perspective, to, to get to be able to tell them that they're going to the big leagues for the first time or back to the big leagues in you know, two, three, four, five years, uh, definitely one of the most report, rewarding parts of the job. You know, Ramon Laureano, when we saw him down at spring training, you could just tell he was like, Townie, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You know, we've known him now for years, and he's got that fighter's mentality. I mean, he's the one guy I've ever seen challenge an entire dugout. He went after that Astros dugout. It was him against the world. It was awesome to see. I know the A's didn't love it, but it was. It just showed his fighting spirit. Uh, he's down there with you just what – I mean, he's like a bull in a china shop. How are you controlling him right now? Because you know he wants to be back here so bad. <laughs> well, you know what? Just uh, letting him get his energy uh, out on the field, you know. And like you said, he's a fighter. He's a he's just a ball of intensity, a ball of 
of fire and and he wants to win he'll do anything to to win and he's always been like that you know i i first saw ramon playing for uh corpus christi in 2017 and, and the guy just jumps off the field with his intensity and the way he plays the game and when, when we got him over to oakland i knew it was going to be a great bet and he's done nothing but but great things on the field since he showed up so i know he's chomping at the bit to get back and uh tonight's his last game with us before he heads to to minnesota to join the big league team yeah i was we haven't gotten his travel schedule so i was wondering is he still there or not and i said to mark kotze earlier today for the mark kotze show i said I said, Cots, I know how you were, and I know how he is. There's no way he's showing up in Minnesota and you're keeping him out of the lineup. He'll drive you nuts in the dugout. So uh, wouldn't you say I think on Sunday we'll see Ramon in the lineup? I mean, that's that's a little bit outside of the realm of what I what I would deal with. But, uh, you know, if I'm Cots, I'm putting him in there because, you know, he's going to be like a little puppy by his hip the whole game. <laughs> Uh, Shay Langleers is putting up some huge numbers. And, of course, you know how A's fans are. They see the numbers. Call him up, call him up, call him up. And we know he's a big deal coming over from the Atlanta Braves in the Matt Olson uh, trade. So tell us. We haven't really seen We've seen highlights. Tell, tell us what he is offensively. Tell us defensively, how he calls a game, how he throws. What is the package that's down there in AAA right now? All right, so the first thing I'm going to tell you about Shea is something that you're not going to be expecting to hear, and that's the the fact that he is very fast. A catcher. Uh, yeah, yeah. He. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even going to say he's very fast for a catcher. I think Stackhouse has him rated as our uh, one of our top three runners down the line. You know, home wow. first. Wow. So that that's just kind of a, a interesting tidbit about him. The guy guy can really run. Um, I mean, offensively, you're looking at a guy in. in 23-24 game sample that has 10 home runs, is leading all AAA and, and OPS and slugging and up there in extra base hits, total bases, RBIs, home runs, uh, pretty much every offensive category that matters. And, uh, you know, for him to be doing it and then catching, you know, 95% of our games and the physical toll that that takes is even more impressive. So pretty much he's shown that he's the, the whole package for the first month of the season and uh he's just a joy to watch play every day um i I can't think of anything that he doesn't do at at a really really high level and that includes his his off the field preparation his his game planning his game calling the way he receives the way he throws he's an elite thrower um and he's a great receiver so when you when you're talking about uh what what could be one of the, the better catchers in the major leagues in the next you know couple of years uh, you Shay Lang- Langoliers has to be one of the first guys you think of yeah that is I mean you talk about the high praise and I know it's a question that you get and it's not really fair is when someone says all right has he done enough is he somebody that's ready for the big leagues I mean you never know until someone gets here would you look at this player with his success and say yeah big league ready I I, I would in a small sample and you know, small samples can trick you sometimes with guys that have fringy talent or fringy makeup, but guys that have elite talent and elite makeup, um, you know, the short sample size tends to, to grow a little bit into, you know, what you may have with this guy down the line. And from, from where I sit every night, he's, he's big league ready. Um, but those are decisions that other people, you know, will make when the time is right, you know, based on 
what's the what's the best for our team and what's the best for Shea Langoliers. When a guy has gotten the taste of the big leagues and he's sent back down, obviously major disappointment. You understand it. Everybody understands it. How do you handle those situations, as, and is it really a case-by-case how you handle it? It's definitely a case-by-case, case. Um, and it, it matters the kind of previous relationship I have with a player. Uh, have I managed him in, in low, lower levels? Have I managed him in AAA? Ha, is he a free agent that I really don't know that I just got to meet in spring training that I'm not very close with? But I, I think just having a, a frank conversation and – you know, getting feedback about what they've been told from the major league staff that they need to work on. Um, hearing that verbalized from the player is always important. And then asking the player himself, Hey, okay, so you got stunned down. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to get back up? And how are you going to stay there once you get back up? And the reasons that you give me are going to be the reasons, the, the things that you need to, to work on while you're here. And there's going to be accountability when you tell me these things. And I think that if you just have those frank conversations in the, the first couple of days that a guy gets sent back, then, it, you know, the, there's purpose again, there's motivation again. And if there isn't, then there's not much I can do for my end. That's, that's on the player. But I think the guys understand when they get, you know, sent back, sent down that the, the stakes are still so high that they're not going to stop. They're not going to, you know, be bitter and disgruntled and not do things the right way because they're professionals and they know that if they want to get back to where they want to be, then they're going to have to keep on being professionals and keep on honing their games. So I look at Nick Allen. We got to know him while he was up here, sent back down. Uh, you could tell there's a lot of great qualities there. Uh, don't worry about the size. Uh, he, he's got speed. He's got hands. He's got a lot of instincts. He's got some moxie in him. Uh, what do you expect from him now that he's come back down to you to try and get him back up here? Well, I expect him to be the, the same guy he was before he left, the same guy he was at the alternate site in 2020, the same guy he was um, as an Olympian last year, as a, a rock hound, as an aviator, and he, he's the same. He's somebody that, that is tireless in his work ethic and uh, his hunger to get better, um, his, his confidence is, is never wavered and never will because he knows he's a big leaguer and he knows he'll be back and he knows he's going to have a great career. So uh, as a manager, just having that trust in, in guys like like Nick that do everything right, you don't have to worry about any sort of letdown or any woe is me moments because he's going to be the same guy and that's a pretty special trait to have. Well, throughout the year, we're going to see a lot of player movement, and that's kind of exciting for A's fans from a standpoint of, okay, we've dubbed this the year discovery, so we want to see who's going to help win games now, who's going to help win games in the future. So tell us a, a couple guys on your squad who may not be household names that will be here this year and they're going to help this ball club. Yeah, I think we have a, a few guys like that. I mean, uh, Mickey McDonald got his first taste of the big leagues, and he's he's a guy who's constantly been banging doors down as, as a non-prospect throughout his entire career. So for him to get that opportunity, if albeit a short one at the major league level, was a huge boost in his confidence. Um, you know, we, we have a guy, uh, Derrice Garcia, who we picked up from the Yankees, a minor league free agent that started off a little bit slow and then got on a little, little tear, then – had a slight oblique, but he, he showed a lot of promise in a 
a pretty short period of time. Um, and then a couple guys that you're familiar with, uh, the Drew Jackson, the, the Christian Lopes of the world, um, they've done nothing but, but great things since they came to spring training or came to minicamp even before spring training started. So there's, there's some players that are here that are, are pretty close to being able to, to go back up and help the big league team. And uh, that's, that's what our goal is every day here. Let's end on this. Normalcy hasn't gotten back to all of us, no question. But how close for you guys in Las Vegas with the Aviators do you have as much as you possibly can have? I mean, based on the circumstances of the last two years, yes. Um, you know, people are still careful. Uh, people still understand that there's a lot of suffering in the world going on because of what's happened the last two years with the pandemic. And I don't think that's going to go away from people's minds for quite some time. And it, it affects the players. It affects the, the front offices. But now and since the season started, so much less than in the previous two years. And just kind of uh, climbing towards that light where things are 100% back to normal is, uh, I think, I think something that everybody looks forward to. Well, you have a standing invite when you're back in the Bay Area. I know you got up to play Center Bar Hills Golf Club. Uh, we've got the invite for you. I'm a member up there. So whenever we can get you back in town, get you back on the links, we'd love to have you up here. Uh, it's one of my favorite courses. So I'll, I'm, I'm all in as soon as I get back up that way. Well, hey, keep doing what you're doing, and we'll check in soon, and be well. You take care, my friend. All right. Good catching up. The great Fran Reardon right here on A's Cast Live, as Fran is uh, a leader of men, as we like to say. Christian Lopes, you know, as he talked about, there's a lot of great stories down there at AAA. And guys that are going back down that don't be shocked. You know, Austin Allen, you know, Shay Langoliers, that's an interesting scouting report, like, Great athlete, which tells me, okay, six feet, 205. You know, so many people are like, well, what are you going to do? You got Sean Murphy and you got, well. DH. Outfield. Yeah. He's one of your fastest guys. Yeah. Has this guy played? I haven't let, I've, I've never. I'll look it up. I've never looked before. Has he played outfield before? Because when, when, when. Uh, Fran mentioned speed. I thought of two catchers that had speed. Well, they, Craig Biggio. Biggio and Jason Kendall, when he was younger, had speed. More not, modern one. I'm not like Biggio, but I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, he could move. I wouldn't say. Well, yeah, well, I mean, not a lot of catchers can move. I'm not so. saying he could, like, run, run. But, like, Pudge Rodriguez could run. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find positions for Shea. It looks like he just mainly plays. Ca oh, no, wait. And in college at Baylor, he played in the outfield a few games. There you go. He has experience in the outfield. Hey, Wash, how hard is it to teach a guy to play outfield? It's incredibly hard. Ah, don't worry about it. We'll teach you. Yeah, I mean, that's. His fielding does not matter. Nope. <laughs> if he swings like this, I mean, Soderstrom. I mean, he's playing first base a little bit now. Yeah. I mean, if he's an athlete, I mean, he played shortstop, right, in high school? Yeah, he was a he's a all around great athlete. I don't know how fast. I still he moves. don't get it. His, his dad was Steve Soderstrom at Fresno State. His son now is Soderstrom. In college, we call it because I played against his dad. It was Soderstrom. I drank beers with his dad. When his dad was a San Jose <laughs> Giant, right? He was Soderstrom, but now he goes by Soderstrom. I don't get it, but Soderstrom. Um, yeah, 
You got athletes. You're drafting athletes. You don't draft for the position. I mean, Tyler, you're playing first. Shay, grab a glove. You're going to left field. You need bats. You need athletes and bats. We'll find a place to put you. He, he's a good uh, command of the strike zone, too. He's 19 strikeouts and 15 walks. It's not bad. No, no, no. Fran said he can run. I'm not doubting Fran's friend manages a baseball team. Fran, I don't. Fran, Fran just didn't say he could run. He said Statcast says yeah. he can run. So Tom, that's a whole. So he's being tracked with the other players. He's one of the fastest players on the AAA team. That's saying a lot. Yeah, no steals, but if he, how many doubles does he have though? Four doubles. So I mean, in in eight eight bats, he's four doubles and ten home runs. That's fourteen extra base hits. That's. I know you don't have to run around the bases like Adam Rosales when he had a home run, but still, I mean, if he can move, you can definitely shift him around in different positions in the outfield and catching. That's a, That could be a huge asset for we know that the A's like flexibility more than anybody besides maybe the Rays and the Giants now. So having him play multiple positions could be great. All right, I'm going to say I don't care about your flex. I need people who can hit. I need people who can run, people who can hit. I need athletes. You want to win? You want to win at this level? We've already seen ball go far, team go far. Well, that doesn't that doesn't go far in the playoffs. May get you sniffing it and may get you in. It's not going to get you far. You need guys that can swing it and guys who are athletes. That helps you defensively, helps you offensively. You got to be able to take bases. Yes, you got to be able to hit for power, but loading up the uh, beer softball league team and just going that route I mean, Yankees would win it every year. Well, the Yankees, let's face it. What they've won? What ten in a row? Uh, did they play yesterday? If they did, if they did play yesterday, they'd they been ten in a row. I don't think they played yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's ten. They've what, like twenty-one home runs during that stre- that stretch. Uh, there's a but, reason but, why. But, but but let let's let's be honest. And it's they took a lot of criticism this year because the Yankees have spent. How many billions of dollars without getting a title? 2009 now is a long time away. Yeah, let's just name some of the guys they signed. Garrett Cole. Um, well, they, they inherited Stanton's contract. Um, there's been a lot of guys. Whoa, the streak's over. They lost. Who did they lose to? Did they lose today? Did they have uh, a day game? I don't know. You can't keep up with the schedule because people are playing doubleheaders out of nowhere. Like, the other day I'm looking at it, I'm looking at old Bob Melvin and the Padres, and, ah, they beat the Guardians. Next, you know, here they up on the scoreboard, and they're playing a doubleheader. Uh, Yankees game postponed today against the Rangers, so they would have lost. They had to have lost yesterday then. Yeah. Uh, no, they didn't, even, they didn't even play yesterday. So it was Wednesday they lost. Uh, let's see. Who, who were they even playing? I don't remember. Uh, Toronto. The, Oh, that's right. The Matt Chapman played uh, uh, Vlad Jr. He yep. made the scoop yep. and went nuts. They lost 2-1. So, they're a great example of getting big dudes, hitting home runs. We're, this is what we're going to value, right? We're going to value the, the, the three true outcome player. That's why they got Joey Gallo. Gets on base, hits home runs, right? It's like, it's like still trying to play the money ball deal. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Well, Chris, they made it to the, you know, they can make the playoffs. True. Are you going to win the World Series? They haven't won since 09. Their payroll's been uh, their their payroll's been over two hundred million every yeah. year since then, right? Yeah, it still is right now. Well, what's 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 start thinking about that? Two hundred plus, two hundred plus, two hundred plus, two. Well, five years, that's a billion dollars. Throwing another five years, another. They've spent over $2 billion in salary and have not 
one, and I'm not counting forty man salary either. They've spent well over two billion and have not won a World Series and haven't even been to one. Well, remember, if it wasn't I'm not taking your sarcasm. <laughs> I'm being serious here. No, you're right. They've spent over two billion dollars in salary and have not reached the playoffs you want to sell me team goes far ball goes far ball goes far team goes far i'm not buying it not buying it not buying it if you don't play solid baseball which is yes hitting some home runs yes getting extra base hits yes walking but it's playing good defense it is your pitching it is having a lockdown bullpen it is how you run the bases this is how a team just has to get hot and get in and win the world series a la who we've seen the nationals do it we saw the braves do it last year are we really going to look at the nationals and the braves as two of the greatest teams who have ever walked the earth in baseball history no but, but by the time they got to when it mattered the postseason, their all-around game was solid, and these teams that are built on walks and home runs, they go bye-bye. Bye-bye. You don't, you don't win the World Series. How, how many in a row is it for the Twins in the postseason? 18? 18 in a row they've lost? 18 postseason games? To be fair, though, we can't say all those teams were True, built the same. But, they, they but ha- lately they've been built yeah, on the yeah. home run, and if you're built on the home run – how does that work for you? Yeah, third most home, third most home runs in baseball over the last since 2019. That's only the Yankees and Dodgers are ahead of them. You might see that on NBC Sports California on the WebEx Chris Townsend pregame show hit today. Yeah, uh, it's a great stat. I'm glad I'm glad your research team found that. My research team, Cody and and my notes here. Yeah. We, this is our <laughs> research team. Um, yeah, that let's face it. The home run does not equate to success in the postseason. Safe to say that? I, yeah, you mentioned I mean, everyone we, that's relied we, on it. We can, we, can, we can look across the bay at our friends, the Giants. Yeah, they were one of the best last year. They lost Didn't in, win. They lost in the first round. But when they won the three World Series, but, were they ever even remotely one of the top home run teams? Not even close. The two. How about the Kansas City Royals who won it and could have won if it was for Madison Bumgarner? Uh they were a contact hitting team. They had not their they were they didn't hit home runs at all. Yeah. They, if I remember correctly. It's correct. They they were What they, year was that? 14, four, 15? They won in fifteen. Right? So they beat they lost to the Giants in fourteen. And they won in fifteen. Oh, man, time flies. I know. That was that was seven years ago, time right? Time flies. And look at them now. Now they can't even scratch above five hundred. But do not equate home runs with winning. It may help you in the regular season. But postseason? All you got to do, you play in a five- or seven-game series against a team that's throwing the ball well, and all you try and do is walk and hit home runs. Well, all of a sudden, this pitching staff throws strikes, so that negates all your walks. And then now you're just striking out instead of walking and hitting home runs. You're striking out a lot. Uh, and it's bye-bye. You had a great 162. Where are you in the postseason? Bye-bye. How many teams? I don't know the answer. And you know what? I'm going to throw it out there. I could be wrong. But how many teams over the last X amount of years were the team that hit the most home runs and won the World Series? I'd have to pull up fan graphs, but I could, I could find that. Well, you just do it off ESPN.com stats. Yeah. Uh, who- I mean, I don't want you to do it. We'll look at it later. But I just, I just know, for, I know that Braves and Nationals didn't lead the league in home runs. Uh, the Braves were in the top three last year, though. But they didn't lead. They didn't you got to yes. lead. Yeah. 
Did the Dodgers lead in, in the shortened COVID year? I, mm, here I can find that. What was that, 2020? Yeah. 2020, the, le- the leader in home runs that year, team-wise, was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't, kind of can't take that one. All right, so let's look at 2021. Who won the World Series last year? The it's Braves. The Braves. No, uh, they weren't. Braves were third. It was Jays and Giants. Okay, so. Jays didn't even make the playoffs. 2019. Well, Twins and Yankees. Okay, 2018. Maybe Boston because they won the World Series. I don't know. They were probably in the top five. Yankees, Dodgers, A's, Brewers, Blue Jays. The Red Sox were actually ninth. Wait a minute. I thought you had to hit the most home runs to win. Ball go far, team go far. A's were third in baseball. Had the A's make the World Series that year? Uh, no, they made the All wild right, 2017. They made the wild card game. Uh, one second. That was the Astros World Series here. There's no way they led in home runs. They were second. Yeah, they Yan- Yankees led. All right, so we've had one, and it was in a COVID year. 16. That would have been. Show me leading the league in home runs produces the, the World Baltimore Series. Orioles. <laughs> what? The Orioles led in 2016? Why am I drawing a ball? I'm usually good at naming every World Series champion, but who won in 2016? Who was the year after the Royals? It was the now, now, now I'm going to look at this list. By the way, in 2016, to prove my point even further, Orioles, Cardinals, Mariners, Blue Jays, Mets, Rays, Rangers. Do these teams sound like major playoff teams. Tigers. Who won the World Series that year? Oh, the Cubs. Where are they? they They're thirteenth. Thir- the team in 2016 was 13th. All right, we already know. We already know in 15 and 14, the World Series champion did not lead in home runs. Yeah, let's just see where the Royals were. Uh, this is Major League Baseball overall, not just the American League or the yeah. National League. The Kansas City Royals in 2015 were 24th in home runs, 8, 139. Give me the Giants in 2014. And the Giants in 2014. Let's just get there. They were. Orioles led baseball again. Uh, Buckshaw Waters team. Giants were 17. 17th with 132. I'm not seeing a correlation at all other than a outlier year of a COVID 60-game schedule where the team that hit the most home runs won the World Series. Go to 13. When's the last? I mean, you're, you're now we're, – we're, we're now looking at some years, Cody. Yeah, well, we, we was home runs. Um, everyone, home runs were always valued, but the numbers weren't always skewed. The Orioles again. Orioles again. Go to 2012. Mariners and A's. Yep. How the A's do? Uh, they lost in the ALDS. 2012 was the Giants. See where they were. No ranked. way they led in home runs. They were. They were dead last. <laughs> Team that won the World Series dead last in home runs, huh? I, I'm I. This is just this is my data, my my data machine. All right, we'll we'll do two more years and then we can. Because that's now this is now not a small sample size. Yeah, 2011. That would have been the uh, Cardinals. Won the it's World not the Yankees who led baseball. Yeah, the Cardinals won the World Series that year. Uh, and look at these teams are leading baseball with 222. That's all right. We're now got th- teams hitting 300. Back. Just 2011, Yankees led with 2022. Yep. Now we're getting over 300. The, the Giants here, they won the World Series at 103 home runs. Do you see how what the heck is wrong with baseball now? 2010, the last year the Giants won the World Series, they were 10th. So they had some home run hitters there. So since 2010, we'll stop there. 
Since 2010, we've only had one team lead the league in home runs and win, and it was in a 60-game schedule. Yeah. Uh, I think the Brewers lead baseball right now because they hit like 1,000 home runs in the past few games nice. against the Reds. Stop. Stop with your three true outcome team. You want your three true outcome team, good luck. May get you to the postseason, but I'm not seeing in the last 12 years it gets you a win. Right? Just it, not seeing it. It's No, it's, it hasn't. Again, ask teams like the Twins and Yankees. Coming up next, we'll talk to Sarah Langs from MLB.com right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, she once said, you guys will just be a little streaming show. That's all you're ever going to be. Well, guess what, Sarah Langs? We have stepped our game up. What do you think? I never said that. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I was just texting Cody before. I love your setup. I'm staring in at my screen to see all these bobbleheads and mugs and everything. This, and look, is th- this is our this is our next giveaway right here. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! I love it. Love and, this setup. And it's amazing all the stuff that I just had all this in my garage all these years. Right. And then when we decide, we let's just put, I mean, I've had all these jerseys. I mean, I got so many jerseys. And what we're going to do with the side wall is we're going to turn this into a fan wall and let fans send us stuff and just have it grow and be interactive. But, yeah, so for the first – because everybody's always been interested in, like, how do you guys do it? What does it look like? We said, you know what, let's put this thing uh, on video so we can be on YouTube and – be on Twitter, and so they can see you because we've always gotten to see you, but the fans haven't. Obviously, they yeah. get to see on MLB Network, but now they can see you. This is awesome. I love this for you guys. It's so cool, and you're so right. I feel like being a sports fan, being a sports person, you have so many giveaways and items and trinkets, so it's great to have somewhere to put it. I'm staring across the room. At a handful of bobbleheads I have from covering games a few years ago and giveaway texting gloves and helmet cups and everything. <laughs> so having somewhere to put all that is amazing and a great use of it. Yeah, I was thinking about one day what I'll do is just put all the different unique hats. Because nowadays yeah. we have Mother's Day, Father's Day, pre- you know, breast cancer, prostate cancer. We do all the Memorial Day. We do all these different hats. I think one day I'm just going to put all these different hats that I've collected over time that I have golf hats, Titleist Days hats. And just do, We can constantly switch it out and keep it fresh, which I think will be a lot of fun. I love it. Redecorating whenever you want to. All right. Back last night on the East Coast, you saw something that you just don't see very often. Now, you might say if you're a Phillies fan, we've been seeing this for the past couple of years, but my God, that comeback by the Mets, that was flat out historic. 
Oh my goodness. So they were trailing 7-1 entering the ninth inning in Philly. And I do need to mention the Phillies wearing their epic throwback Thursday Love those. Blues. Yeah. I love those jerseys. Todd Radom, who's like a uniform and logo expert, has pointed out to me that when they wore those, those were actually road uniforms, I guess. So it's a little incongruous that they wear them at home, but we give them, you know, a free pass because those are beautiful. They're no Kelly Greens, but they're really, really nice. So anyway. Well, you know what it does? It makes us think of like our childhood, right? Makes you think of Mike Schmidt. Larry oh, yeah. Boa, Pete Rose, and like Vaughn Hayes and that group. And there was that time when, you know, the Royals wore blue, the Phillies wore blue. It was the 80s, and that's when I grew up a baseball fan. So whenever I see those with the red P, I just, it makes me think of when I was yes. a kid. No, they're so great. And Joe Girardi was wearing a sweatshirt that was made like the 2022 sweatshirts with the different colored sleeves. Uh, that are different from the bodice of the sweatshirt. So he was wearing that in throwback Thursday blue yesterday, and it was impeccable. But anyway, there was also a baseball game. And so the Mets enter the ninth. They're trailing 7-1. Tywin Walker got kind of lit up in the first few innings. He ended up going, I think, five innings, which was good for the bullpen, give them some rest. But he didn't look great. They didn't look great just across the board. They end up coming back and winning that game. They were trailing by six, entering the ninth, go on to win the game. It's just one of these crazy things that everything has happened before, but it hasn't happened all that often. So the last time the Mets trailed by six, entering the ninth in the game and won the game was in 1997. And the Phillies in their entire history, this was the fifth time they'd blown a lead like that, and their history goes back to the 1800s. So yeah. just a crazy, crazy game to be watching. I mean, well, put it this way, Philly, same old, same old. They thought, Dave Dombrowski thought, yeah, I'm fixing this bullpen. This is what we really need to do, and obviously a uh, long way to go, though. But on the Mets side, already a good start. Look, everybody's got confidence. Owner's willing to spend money. Owner's willing to eat Cano's money. Hey, we're about winning. Buck Showalter, we know, whether it was Yankees, D-backs, Orioles, it always starts out great. But is this one of those wins where you go, this is an omen. This could be the Mets here. It really feels like it could be. You know, you don't want to overreact to a May 5th win, but this is a team that also had another five-run inning five run ninth inning, excuse me, in St. Louis like two weeks ago. They were only trailing, I think, by three, but Nolan Arenado had an errant throw, was rolled a hit. Paul Goldschmidt made a bad play. I mean, that's two gold glovers making plays that they make 99 out of 100 times. And you were starting to get the sense with this Mets team that maybe they're getting things that go their way that I mean, I grew up a Mets fan. They don't usually go their way, but here they are with two wins like that. They had a no-hitter last Friday. It was a combined no-hitter. It's kind of a different thing, but all of these things are not usually on the early, you know, first month-plus checklist for the New York Mets. So it's starting to feel like one of those teams. I still have some questions about their offense. They don't hit the ball very hard. I'm 
you and I have talked about this and I talk about this pretty much whoever I talk with that we talk about hitting the ball hard because you get better results. And I do think offensively in the power department, there are some questions, but hey, they scored seven runs in the ninth to go ahead in that game. So no question about the offense on May 5th, that's for sure. Well, if you could find it, I'm sure you can if you research it on Google, but they have a, it's a Mets tragedy bracket, right? It's like the college mm-hmm. basketball bracket. And it has all the crazy things that have happened in, in Mets history. It's really one of the most thought out funny things I've ever seen. And as a Mets fan, it has to make you choke. I mean, they've got stuff with like Dwight Gooden and David Cohn, and they got stuff that goes all the way back, way back to the Miracle Mets, but just stuff that's happened in, in Mets history that I don't know how many franchises. That's why it's like you got to enjoy what you got going right now because I don't know how many franchises have had that much screwed up stuff that you could put in a bracket of 64. Right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean – You know, I think all these franchises kind of go through waves, but there's no question that the Mets kind of carry something with them, people seem to perceive. But you mentioned what happened with Robinson Cano, them making the correct baseball decision regardless of money. And I think that that was a really good example of how this team is different under Steve Cohen. And that sort of ends up trickling down to the field. You know, that is an off the field decision in that, okay, we're not going to continue with this contract, but it allows a guy like Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, Travis Jankowski, all of these guys to retain their jobs at the major league level and continue to contribute. And the Mets 10 years ago, five years ago, you know, I can't speak to 20 or 25 years ago under prior ownership, but certainly in recent memory would not have necessarily made that choice, but it was the right baseball choice. You know, no disrespect to Robinson Cano, the individual, any of that, but just based (laughs) on the results. And, you know, I think that that is the anti of the bracket you're talking about. You know, I mean, it really feels like a tide is turning. And I think the Mets fans in my life would say that when DeGrom got hurt in spring training, it was okay, same old Mets, you know. But I think that they're showing that it's not quite that simple and that this is sort of a new dawning uh, for this club right now. Obviously, great talk other than that in baseball is what happened at Fenway Park with Shohei Otani as a pitcher. And Joe Madden said after where he goes, yeah, see, I I tell him not to run the bases hard because he's more valuable as a pitcher to us than he is a hitter. And I go... I am so tired, Sarah, of everybody talking out both sides of their mouth. Everybody does it. I hear it on, on with our, our team, all these other teams. You're not going to allow any starter to go deep in any game that's meaningful, especially in the postseason. All right, so if you're going to have Shohei Otani go out there and pitch four innings, you're going to pull him because you don't want him facing the lineup the third time around in a postseason game. So don't tell me he's not more valuable than a hitter who's going to hit four to five times in every postseason game if it's a five- or seven-game series. So we can say whatever we want when a pitcher does something and these managers will talk about the starting pitcher, but the data shows us no one trusts starting pitching anymore, especially in the postseason. Am I wrong? Well, you know, I mean, I don't have in front of me right now, but I know it took a very long time for us to see a starter go deep into a game in the postseason last year. 
I believe the last complete game of the postseason is still Kershaw in 2020 in that first uh, Brewers game, or maybe there was one toward the end of last year, maybe Luis Garcia. I'm not sure. But overall, we're certainly not seeing it. And it does have to do with numbers. It does have to do with the fact that, you know, guys see a pitcher for the third time and they get acclimated to them for sure. But to, excuse me, to Otani's credit, I mean, he was out there for seven innings yesterday. He did go deep into that game. And I do think that teams are seeing that if you have a starter who can go deep, and who you do trust to. And I agree, the list is a lot shorter than it used to be, that it is a competitive advantage. I was just looking at Sling earlier. Teams are winning at a 714 winning percentage clip when they get a quality start this year. So part of a quality start is you have to go at least those innings, right? And last year was 686. So it is a decent difference. It's early in the year. But it is a decent difference where if you do have a starter, you trust to go deep and you trust to go deep and not give up like 10 runs, that it is going to benefit you. But I, you know, I certainly agree that postseason baseball is certainly not, uh, you know, Chrissy Matthewson throwing, what, (laughs) three shutouts to start his postseason career or something like that. And, you know, these guys coming out, you know, Bob Gibson, whoever else you want to pick and throwing complete games and shutouts. But, you know, also these relievers are really good. And I do want to give credit. We're talking about October. I mean, we're talking about some high leverage, really accomplished relievers who it's really cool to see them do their job. All right, let's switch over to the National League West, which is really interesting right now as we speak when we're having you on because a lot of people will come back and watch this. That's a great thing about streaming and being on social media platforms that we'll have people watch this tonight, Saturday, Sunday. So we're, when we're doing this interview, Dodgers have the lead over the Padres by a half game, two games over the Rockies, three games over the Giants, Tori Lovello, our guy, our buddy, former A manager of the D-backs, look out, the Snakes have won three in a row. They're only four and a half back at 500. Uh, a very, you know, bunch division. How do you view the NL West so far? Who are you buying and who are you not buying long term? Obviously buying the Dodgers, always buying the Dodgers right into eternity. I think that Freddie Freeman gives them a sort of lineup stability that they didn't really have the last few years. I mean, it totally worked, but this was a team where the lineup would look entirely different day to day. And I think having Freddie Freeman, having him at first base, him being the first baseman, not Max Muncy who can play in a couple different places, has really helped stabilize that team. And I mean, they're so much fun to watch. They're just so good. And they have Hanser Alberto in the dugout. You know, he's kind of their backup's backup, but he's, you know, the heart and soul of the team, leading all of the cheers and celebrations when someone gets his second, hits home run, anything like that. So absolutely buying them. And the Padres have been a bit better than I expected them to be before Tatis gets back. You know, Machado hit two home runs yesterday. Generally, the pitching has been reliable enough, which was kind of my concern. You know, Mike Clevenger just finally made it back. That was good to see, right? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, just so emotionally he talked about how he wasn't sure he was ever gonna play again. Yeah. And he got to do it against his buddy Playzac too, which was pretty cool. Um, just from a storyline perspective. But I think, you know, you Darvish, such an up and down first few starts, but overall I think their pitching's been good. I'm sorry, Colorado. But I'm not buying the Rockies. It's just Buddy Black, takes, he's such a good guy. Come on. Chris Bryant went nothing, there to win. Nothing against Bud Black. Nothing against Chris Bryant or CJ Crone, who is one of my favorite players to watch right now because Crone standing at home plate in Coors Field is like an automatic home run, which is amazing <laughs> and so much fun to watch. But you know, pitching is always a concern there. And Overall, I just don't know if that team is built to compete over 162, but hey, they've already put up a fight. It's interesting. It's fun. And, you know, the Giants, it's been so back and forth. I think Alex Wood said the other day, hey, you know, we're not going to win 107 games every year. And, you know, I think some of the beat reporters were talking about, you know, obviously that's true. Uh, but it's pretty early in the season to say it. But, you know, we can tell this isn't that Buster Posey final season, though we didn't know it at the time, kind of magical year for them. But I do think they're good. They've had a really rough run with pitching lately. Alex Cobb was pitching great, got hurt, came back, gave up like five runs in the first, his first game off the I.L., Anthony DiSclefani has had issues and so on and so forth. I think if they can stabilize pitching-wise, they'll be okay. And Carlos Rodon has been so good for them, which is just a great story, too. I mean, the guy was non-tendered, ends up back with the White Sox, pitches his heart out last year, gets hurt in that postseason series, or seems to be hurt, has a velo drop-off, whatever you want to say, but he's back and pitching so well. Now we switch over to the American League West. Same kind of thing. Uh, you just wonder, is the pitching there? The offense should be there if everybody stays healthy with the Angels leading by a, half, a game and a half over the Astros who have won four straight. Mariners have come back having lost four straight. Rangers have won four straight, but they were so bad. They're still just 10-14. Obviously, the Athletics at this point we're doing the interview has lost, have lost six in a row. Hopefully, we'll get off of that in the uh, in Minnesota tonight at, at Target Field. But we know you can buy the Astros, but are you buying the Halos long-term? It is so difficult. You know, I have this conversation practically every day at work where, you know, just as objective baseball fans, and I know you guys are different, you're in the division, but I think we hate anyone- them. <laughs> I know. So I understand. I know. Well, we hate them and the Astros. So it's like it's like a no win either way in this side. I would say that the average objective baseball fan, and maybe there aren't a whole lot of those, wants to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the playoffs. And I would say that most people, and you can put yourself on this list too, didn't think they did nearly enough with their pitching in the offseason. And that's been the story for, what, 10 years at this point? So I didn't expect them to be at this point. I didn't expect them to be 17-10. and 10. I didn't expect them to be above 500 even this point into the season. So I'm still a little wary 
but I want it to happen because I want Mike Trout to win a playoff game. I want Mike Trout to get to hit a playoff home run, and I know I'm not talking to the right audience for that, but I'm standing by it. I am standing by it. But to your question, I, as you can tell, I'm not fully buying it yet. I want to buy it, but I'm not. How's that? No, I, 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 I mean, right, right now you look at it and you say, well, if, if they get pitching with that offense, if Rendon yeah. starts to hit like we know he can, Ward is off the charts, you know, Trout's best player we've seen, uh, and then you talk about Otani, the brilliance that he is, the unicorn. I mean, yeah, it's just – at some point, you got to continue to get 27 outs every night. Can they yeah. do it? From the athletic standpoint, I hear you got something for me on Big Murph and Pache. Oh, my gosh. I mean, those are just my go-to A's players right now. So I was talking the other day about Murphy. And, you know, in the offseason, we do our top 10 at every position. And this year, when we talked about catcher, we basically talked about how one and two – moving forward for a while are probably going to be Will Smith and Sean Murphy in some order. You know, Murphy, I had four this year, but I feel like by next year, I mean, Real Muto is having a pretty good year. Grandal has kind of fallen off, but really feels like if Murphy continues to be the good framer that he is for as long as that matters, hitting the ball hard, this is a really, really good player. And I don't think he gets enough love. So whenever he hits a home run, I always like to point it out. And I just think he's a really good defensive catcher. We saw with the gold glove. And, you know, this is the youth of the catching position, which I think is worth pointing out at this point. Yeah, Shay Langoliers, the kid that we got in the Matt Olson yeah. trade from the Atlanta Braves. Fran Reardon, our AAA manager, we just had him on. And they he said, hey. This guy can absolutely run. He's a terrific athlete and with all the power. And so catching right yeah. now, the depth is really good. I want to give you this on, on Pache because this scares me, Sarah. Pache, last 17 games, uh, is hitting a buck 25, and he's 0 for his last 18. I know he's a superior athlete, but at some point you have to, and we'll see what he does because he's in the lineup today, but you just can't keep letting him slide into the abyss. No, see, that's the issue. I mean, part of what I love about him is so much off-field, right? I mean, the energy he brings. We saw him chatting with fans, opening day, home opener, all play hard for whoever's there, all yeah. of that. I mean, he just brings an energy, and we saw that when he was traded. I mean, he was on social media visibly or, you know, tangibly upset about being traded. And then he said, okay, I'm going to go full force into being an Oakland A. And I just love seeing a player approach it that way. I think he's really real. And I do think he has the potential to get to sort of that five-tool, you know, area. But as you're saying, lately, not so great. But I, I like to bring the positive. So I like to bring yes. uh, the overall good. You See, know? I got to deal with Cody. I got to deal with, with negative Nancy here all day long. I need some positivity in my life. I mean, great, great in defense, outs above average. He's 93rd percentile. That's really, really good. Really good on the base pass. Sprint speed, 84th percentile and hard hit rate. He's in the 80th percentile. So, you know, we know what the issues are, and they're related to that 0 for 18. Swinging and missing a little too much, chasing a bit too much. But, you know, 
I think of Matt Olson, who is no longer on the team, but basically taught himself to not swing and miss last year between 2020 and 2021 with the help of that A's coaching staff and his own dedication. And that's a great example of the fact that that can happen at the major league level. Another guy who did that not on the A's would be Austin Riley. And I think that there's no reason that Pache can't be another guy like that who can sort of lock in and learn to change his approach at the plate because there's a lot of power to unlock there if he can swing and miss a bit less. Now, you and your mother, well, obviously you, you work for MLB.com, but your mother is also a huge baseball fan. She's a big San Francisco Giants fan. Yeah. Mother's Day, what are we going to do for Mother's Day, and does it include baseball? I don't think it will include baseball because we tend to go to Mets games and they are on the road on Sunday and I have to work. But we'll definitely get some brunch, you know, spend some time, probably watch baseball at home. So that still counts, right? Watch some of those early 1 p.m. Eastern time games. But, you know, we're always talking baseball and, uh, you know, just getting to share that, which I love so, so much. Are any of our friends, and let's end on this, are any of our friends, and I'm not going to mention them by name, but they all come on this program, are any of our friends over at MLB Network who have just been trashing batting average, just trashing it for years, just kicking it into the ground over and over again, starting to realize that the league averaging around 230 is forget Forget whatever you think about analytics. We're about the entertainment business. We are a part of entertainment. People are scoring more touchdowns in the NFL. People are shooting more three-pointers in basketball. More goals are being scored in hockey. Scoring, entertainment, that's what it's about. Low batting average, not so great for entertainment. Are people starting to come around just a little bit over at MLB Network? Well, I, I honestly don't know exactly who you're talking about, so I certainly can't speak for them. But, you know, overall, I think we all want to see guys get on base. We want to see offense. We want to see those things happening. But I will always caution. I know you guys are out on the West Coast where it's nice and warm all the time. It's cold here. It's really cold it's on cold? the East Coast. Cold. I have the rainy. air conditioning on today. What do you mean it's cold? I'm staring outside at rain. We have five postponed games. Uh, I think four on the East Coast and one in Chicago today. So I will say the batting average where it's at, I really do expect it to change by, you know, July. It's still going to be lower. It's probably going to be a lot lower than we've seen, you know, 20 years ago. But a lot of times that April and May is pretty different. And again, you know, if you could send some of that weather my way, that would be really, really nice. Sarah, I swear to God, we can't move the cameras where we are right now, but we have the two cameras right here uh, to my left in the studio. I have my Toshiba air conditioner running as we speak, it's a oh it's a fancy. When you say commander, it's a fancy air conditioner that I bought for commander. Yeah, years ago, it, the working conditions here were not uh, up it, to it par. It was too hot for him. So here we are. You're talking about it's cold. I've have the air conditioner on for for our for our new TV studio here. Oh my gosh! And I'm sitting here in a sweatshirt. 
indoors in a sweatshirt. So that is the difference between 3,000 miles right there. That's why you guys need to suck it up, and everybody back there needs to put a retractable roof on all your buildings. <laughs> I don't care, Yankee Stadium. We're tired of the rainouts. We're tired of rain delays. We're tired. The rest of baseball is tired of it. I don't care how old and how historic buildings are. Put a dang roof on it so we can play 81 straight games. I mean, I'm good. You know, I'm <laughs> fine with it. I think some of these older parks, I don't know if uh, if the land they're built on can support a retractable roof. A big tent. Like put a big tent over heavy. Fenway. Just put like a big tent, but just, just somehow get like a big tarp. Put it over like Fenway. Like a big wedding tent, right? <laughs> Well, it is so good to have you on the program, as always. But more importantly, now that we can see you and everybody on YouTube and Twitter, everybody will be able to see you now as they get to see on MLB Network. Of course, reach MLB.com. And I always say, if you go top follows in Major League Baseball, you know question you know question are one of the best because of of what you bring it's intelligent it's great you can learn and uh you love the game and it shows with your work thank you so much so so kind of you and thank you guys for having me always great to see you i love the new setup as i said this is great this is just awesome we appreciate it let's talk soon you be well you stay well Thank you. Sarah Langs. Yeah, she is phenomenal when it comes to um, she comes to the follow on Twitter. I don't have her Twitter up, so I can't give her a handle. Uh, at S Langs on sports. Yeah. S Langs. That's S-L-A-N-G-S on sports. I look at her, I, I look at her account every day because she throws some stuff out there like she's researching. Like we have, we think we've got big time research. She's seriously researching. Some of my hits that I do in the game, I get from her. She's fantastic. Coming up next, it's the Mark Kotze Show. You're going to hear from your skipper in Minnesota right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Happy birthday to the Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays. Willie is the oldest living Hall of Famer at 91. I mean, his career... He did everything. There's there's nothing he could not do. And they've got a great piece. I'll probably do this for my third inning hit. So he had a 13-year run of MVP consideration. From 1954 to 1966, he won the National League MVP twice. In fact, he received a share of MVP votes each season from 54 to 66 and finished in the top six in 12 of those 13 years in the top three six times. (laughs) It's pretty good. It's really, really good. (laughs) 
Now, what? Oh, turn, my camera's yeah, your, your not camera's on? Your camera's not on. I mean, I got the one f fixating on you. Yeah, I got the one on me. Why do I care if you're on? Well, no, we want to see the set. Well, so it's no surprise that Mays received annual MVP considerations during that run, recording at least 70 extra base hits. You remember what that is? What, an extra base hit? Yeah. That's one of the guys you You go, don't see a lot of them yeah, today. It's usually one of the guys a double or triple or a home run. 70 extra base hits in 13 straight seasons. Nobody. Has ever done that before? I don't think any. Well, I won't say ever again, but I don't know the way we're trending. I don't think so. Someone may never even get a hit again the way we're trending. But isn't that amazing? So happy birthday to Willie Mays, 91 years old. We got we got the giveaway. That is fantastic. Yeah. So we want to showcase for everybody right here. Yeah. yeah so right there. Join us as we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander heritage at the ballpark on Friday, May 13th, against the Anaheim Angels. So see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and the Joe Madden's club come to come to town. Good little players. Snag an AAPI hat presented by Cal State East Bay at athletics.com. Got that on the back. Slash tickets. Athletics.com slash tickets. That's May 13th. Friday, May 13th. And Angels. what is awesome, and I'll try and get this as close as I possibly can, is under the brim is slick. It is a really slick hat. Stop Asian hate on the side. Our sponsor on the back, Cal, Cal State, East, State Bay. East Bay on the back. But the bottom of the hat is sweet. As I said, the red and black, it's like a Tiger Woods on Sunday at the Masters. It goes well with the red on How your How about lug my nuts. lug nut shirt? Yeah, that actually, they go yeah. together, by the way. And no, we didn't plan on both wearing green shirts today. <laughs> See, it's weird because I reach, but it's opposite of yeah. yeah the Lansing Lugnuts gear. How about that? And mine is the the lights have taken full effect from last dive bar. Is but this hat is Ken sweet. Korak. Yeah, the I like giveaway it. hat. This hat is fantastic. And what day is that? Uh, Friday, May thirteenth, against Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Joe Madden, uh, Mark. Gubelzov. I'm glad you can look ahead because I'm a day by day. I can only worry about today. I can't worry about. Tomorrow until tomorrow, I got to worry about today. You, know, you got to win the day today. It's Mark Hotze's big thing. Win the day. We got to win the day. You got Zach Logue going tonight. Got to win today. He already has a major league win. He has more wins as a well. He's a starting starter today, but he has more wins as a pitcher than the Pirates have from their whole entire starting rotation from starting pitchers. That's I mean that's just depressing. But then again, it could be the Reds. Oh yeah, or the <laughs> 1988 Orioles. Or the 2003 Detroit Tigers, or the 1962 Mets. I feel bad for for Cole Irvin because Cole's kind of coming into his own right now, and to have this happen to him. Kotze said earlier too with the media. Well, you'll hear it in the interview. He told us, but uh, shoulder tendonitis is what they're calling it. So they're hoping that he can make that. His, that's good news. They're, yeah, they're hoping he can make his first start uh, off the minimum IL stint of 15 I, days. I this will be the only time you hear me give all the. Oh my God, we had a shortened spring training. At some point, you do get some dead arm. At some point, you have some discomfort, and you you work through that. And really, the only thing that's going to help is they do stem. If you can see, they do stem on the back of your shoulder and ibuprofen and ice and, you know, and then you start throwing again and you get through it and the, the way you go. But it happens, but it's good news that it's just that. 
All righty, earlier today, we were able to talk with the skipper because you know every Friday, you're going to get, this is a change, by the way. We now know every day we're going to have, unless something is an outlier, we're going to have Mark Kotze on every Friday. Fact? Fact. Usually he told us the same time we're going to talk to him. Yeah, he's like, hey, we're doing it. Like, it's 9 a.m. Friday, we're doing this, whether he's on the road or not because, you know, they're two hours ahead in Minnesota. They're the uh, central time zone. So he doesn't care the time zone. Townie, 9 a.m. your time, whether I'm here or wherever I am. So it's either going to be at 11 or noon, wherever he is. Wherever it is, 9 a.m., we're, we're teeing it up with Mark Kotze every Friday. The only thing we don't have to worry about is the mountain time zone because we don't play the Rockies this year. Or if it's in Arizona when that weird. Yeah, that's uh, that's prior to daylight savings, though. When, when is that? Were they like that an start, hour that, ahead? That switches in November, I believe. So November through March, there will be an hour ahead of us. That whole thing's ridiculous. I don't understand it. That's ridiculous. All right, here is this week's Mark Kotze Show. It's now time for the Mark Kotze Show, brought to you by Nest Bedding. Check out their locations in the Bay Area, or you go online, nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. We're talking your bed, your sheets, bedding, pillows, you name it. Go to nestbedding.com. And use the coupon code Oakland. Cots, how are we doing today? Doing well. Just, uh, you know, good morning in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, prepping for a, for a game tonight. Well, you know, that's one thing. When, when, when you go to Minnesota, they've had this secret sauce going. They're a tough team. And, boy, can they hit the ball. Yeah, they can. They, they've uh, obviously got off to a good start. Um, you know, they sustained a big injury for them last night, though, in Carlos Correa. So, um, you know, we're, uh, we're looking forward to this series. Um, you know, we're on the road now and, uh, obviously it's, uh, you know, not, not easy when you're going up against a, a good twins ball club, but we'll, uh, we'll be prepared. You know, it's not easy for anybody to lose one of your best players or a lot of players or have guys go on the COVID list. And obviously with Ramon Laureano going to be coming back on Sunday, you, you know, you're now getting past that 36 player mark what has that been like you so far to have to use so many different guys and yet you know you're trying to keep that same message with the entire club yeah you know it's been a challenge there's no question with uh i think it's i saw something in the paper and and i haven't kept track of it but uh i think there's with ramon coming back 38 players that we've we've used up to this point uh which is which is a ton of players but you know, we did send that message in spring training that it was going to take an army this year, that we were going to utilize everyone in that room. And, and, uh, and I think so far, uh, just about everyone that was in spring training uh, at some point has, uh, has reached our roster, had a chance to come here and experience what it's like to be a big leaguer. Um, and, uh, you know, so far, I think they've handled themselves very well. Um, and the message is still, you know, hey, we're, we're going to compete to win and we're going to compete to win each day. So. You know, you had to deal with the COVID list. Now, now it looks like you're going to have to deal with an injury with Cole Irvin. How is Cole, and what's his status going forward? Yeah, so Cole has some shoulder, um, you know, soreness, I would say, is the right word, maybe tendonitis. Uh, bullpen session before we left town um, wasn't great. We had him looked at. Uh, he did get an MRI, which came out pretty clean. So Cole, unfortunately, um, you know, is on the IL now, so he'll have to be on the IL uh, for 15 days. That's that's new this year. 
uh, reinstated um, as, it, as it has been in, in the past prior to COVID. Um, so, you know, we've got an opportunity for another young kid to come up and, and fulfill a role tonight, Zach Logue, who pitched in our bullpen uh, and, and has had his first major league win while he was with us. But uh, he'll get the start tonight here in Minnesota. Yeah, there's no question you're utilizing that 40-man roster. Yeah, we, we have. We definitely uh, have utilized the 40-man roster. Um, you know, we've brought some guys up, uh, some young kids that probably, um, you know, when we le- when we broke camp, thought my message may not be real. Um, you know, Mickey McDonald um, saw some time here in the big leagues, um, you know, and so through this process, um, you know, we're starting to get to evaluate some of the younger talent here and, and get our get our eyes on them. You know, when I think about Ramon Laureano, you could just see it in his eyes down at spring training. I mean, he's ready to rock. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, it's not a cliche when you say he plays with a football mentality. He is a tough guy. I mean, for God's sakes, he challenged the entire uh, Astros dugout at one point. Absolutely love Ramon Laureano and the way he plays. Just what's that going to mean for your club, bringing him back because he's truly one of your leaders? Yeah, he is. And, uh, you know, as you talk about, Ramon has uh, patiently been waiting um, to get back to our ball club. Uh, you know, he's been through his rehab assignment now in Vegas. And uh, if I know Ramon, he's he's probably just asking if he can fly here um, just to be with us uh, before he you know has this opportunity Sunday to, to return to the ball club. Um, but, yes, anytime you get a, a veteran player uh, with some experience, with some history, and, and as you talk about with the passion to play the game, um, you know, being away from it, I'm sure he's going to come in Sunday uh, as excited as, as anyone uh, in this clubhouse to, to just be a part of this group again on an everyday basis and to contribute to the team's success. I've had people ask me, like, well, what do you think they're going to do with him? Like, oh, he's going to play. Because the last thing you want is Ramon sitting next to you on the dugout during the game, right? Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I know as a player myself, um, I didn't particularly care for days off, and I probably bothered or annoyed most of my managers when when I would sit on the bench as well. So, um, but Ramon, no, you're you're, you're completely correct that Ramon's going to want to be in the lineup every day, um, and and we'll manage that. Obviously, he's been you know rehabbing and 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 building his uh, his endurance, but at the same point, you know you, we do have to be somewhat cognizant it's a long year and and uh, Ramon you know coming back to us will need some time uh to just get his legs underneath him and, and get used to the the grind of uh of, of the big leagues again you know it's a good problem to have when you got you got these bats that you want to get in the lineup but there's only so many spots in the lineup and you start looking at you know you got Pender you got Piscotti Ramon coming back Pache uh, how do you see the outfield shaking out yeah, as we talk about, you know, we're going to utilize the rotation uh, as best we can. And, and, you know, hopefully we can get some of these guys hot and get them to, uh, you know, as we talked about um, a little bit, you know, hitting's contagious. So you get one or two of these guys swinging well and, and you know, you look forward to, to hopefully the, the continuing throughout the lineup. So um, getting Ramon back, having, you know, as you talk about the, the outfield, um, you know, it, it's a little right-handed, but we do have Seth Brown that we can utilize out there as well. So, um, you know, it's a good thing that we can extend this lineup with uh, with another bat, and uh, and hopefully that'll help contribute to uh, to our offense. 
all players are going to struggle. Everybody's going to have it throughout their career. You got to learn to work through it. You got to learn how to get out of it. And Pache obviously is struggling right now. How do you handle the young outfielder? Because you always want to still keep their confidence up. Yeah, no doubt. And we focus on a lot of a lot of the new um, verbiage, I guess you could talk about. You know, the swing out of zone percentage, the swing in in zone percentage with with uh, Pache, and he's done a decent job of controlling that. Um, you know, we look at his exit velos and his hard hit contacts um, to to identify you know kind of where we can turn his focus to. Uh, and what we do need to uh, to encourage or, or to work on for, for Poch. And, um, you know, we're going to continue to grind on that. Our hitting coaches are doing a great job. Our our analytic group is helping uh, alongside just in getting us this information that we can, you know, really focus on an area for Pache to to, uh, to become the type of hitter that, that we feel he'll be successful with uh, at the major league level. Yeah, this is the problem with baseball. It's a game of failure. You are going to fail. And obviously – Everybody at this level has the physical talent. It's like sometimes you guys got to be psychologists because you got to work so much on the mental side with these guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, I look at my career back dating back into college, and, and I used a gentleman named Ken Revisa from the mental side of baseball. I uh, came from the Harvey Dorfman School as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot to, to say um, and to, to learn about those processes and how they'll help you through the challenges of the everyday grind. You know, I think I don't know another sport that plays 162 games, uh, you know, as, as consecutive as, as we do. Um, and as you talk about, you know, the greatest hitters in the game hit uh, at a successful rate of 30%. So uh, it's a challenge to, to keep positive, to stay positive. Um, but, but that's what we're here for, you know, as, as a coach, as a player, former player, with the experience of going through those ups and downs of a season, you know, you have to continue to send that message that, uh, you know, tomorrow's a new day or today's a new day and, and you've got a chance to go out and have success. You know, as we talk about how hard it is to play the game, it's also hard when everybody's talking about you and every single time you go out there every five days, like Frankie Montas, if you throw the ball, well, next, you know, there's all these articles that, Oh, you're going to get traded. You're going here. You're going there. (laughs) What do you think that's been like for him so far? I, I got to imagine that's not easy. It's got to be a little unsettled. Yeah, it can be. And we talked about that in spring training as we went through, um, you know, the guys that were, were part of the core being traded. And, and it's really, you know, in my mindset, it's, it's let's, let's worry about what we can control and, and not what we can't. And so I think on Frankie's end, he's done a fabulous job of just setting his mind that he, he's an Oakland athletic and, that all the other rumors and the, <clears throat> the trade talks are out of his control and what he can control is his preparation. Uh, as you talked about the pitch and be ready every fifth day to give our ball club the best chance to win and have success. And, and he's shown that uh, up to this point uh, this season and, you know, the performance he had for us on Wednesday, um, you know, as I talked about it, you know, after the game, um, you know, we, we just, uh, you, you hate to let that performance go and not give him, an opportunity to, to get a W out of there. He gave us one, and uh, and we just we just you know, didn't come come through for him that day. You know, ever since AJ Puck was taken out of Florida, you knew that this guy could really be something special. Once he is healthy, we're truly starting to see it. I mean, when you're in the dugout and you're looking at how uncomfortable these hitters are at the plate against him, 
do you get that? Do you start thinking of all the different ways you possibly could use him? Because he's really starting to become a, a starting to become a weapon for you. Yeah, we. I think again, you know, we have to be patient with AJ. Um, this is his, you know, opportunity. Um, he's taken advantage of it from from that standpoint with the performance. I think the the best thing that we did was uh, Scott Emerson and, and AJ made the adjustments to getting him over on the first base side of the rubber. Um, I, I know as a former player facing left-handed pitching, a guy like Randy Johnson that was on the first base side of the rubber, when the ball starts out behind you, it's, it's more than uncomfortable. Uh, it's, just, it's darn right scary, right? So, um, yeah, AJ's adjustment has been great. Uh, his mindset, um, you know, day in and day out, um, you know, which is a conversation AJ and I had uh, out of spring training, my expectation level of AJ. And I really think he's, he's taken it to heart. And, uh, and you can see that in, in his performance as he goes out and takes them out. Let's end on this. What do you think about four days in Detroit and playing five games during that time? Well, now that you mentioned it, Tony, it's going to be a difficult task. Um, I don't recall playing five games in four days and having uh, the grind that we're going to go through. And it's actually more than that because we come home to a doubleheader against the Angels on Saturday. So, if you look at the big picture, I think it's uh, 15 games in 13 days. Um, you know, we're going to have to utilize our pitching um, in, a, in, a, in a manner that keeps everyone, you know, hopefully healthy and, and we get through this uh, in a positive manner. That's the outlook. Um, but we'll take it one day at a time and, uh, and build on, you know, hopefully some momentum going into that series. Um, but like you, like you talked about it, it's definitely uh, a lot of games in a short amount of time for us. Great stuff in Minnesota, then Detroit. Good luck, and we'll see you next week back in Oakland. Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. And that's the manager of your Oakland Athletics, Mark Kotze, earlier today talking with Tony. Now, the Twins lineup is finally out, and their number one prospect, Royce Lewis, will make his debut tonight and hit seventh in the lineup for the Twins. Uh, So that'll be exciting for Twins fans. The A's lineup will be... Sheldon Noisy, Jed Lowry, Sean Murphy, Stephen Piscotti, Chad Pinder, Kevin Smith, Elvis, Pache, and Tony Kemp. That rounds out the A's lineup for today. They're looking to end a six-game losing streak. They haven't won, they haven't lost seven in a row since 2017. Let's so let's see if they can end this skid tonight uh, in the, the Twin Cities versus the Bomba Squad. All righty. What'd you, you just went over the lineup? Yeah, and said that Royce Lewis is, is making his debut. So we Does got that do anything for anybody? Uh, probably not, but it's exciting to see a top prospect play. But we got, like, less than a minute. So just wanted to throw that out there, That's uh, that that's what's going on in Minnesota, or, or as I say, Minnesota. We've got A's Total Access brought to you by? Chevron. Coming up here at 410, who are we going to hear? Uh, you're going to hear from... Ray Fossey and Burt Blylevin. Ooh, I remember that. That was good. That, was that the one we did with him? Yes. Yeah, so right, we did yeah with that was him. good. A lot of stuff on curveballs and starting. We're going to play it throughout the weekend. Yeah. You know, Vince Catronio has Where Are They Now with Jack Cust. Uh, Jessica Kleinschmidt is talking to Amelia. Can Schimmel. you see me roll my <laughs> eyes on that one? <laughs> and you also hear from Fran Reardon as well, giving you updates on Ramon and Shay Langoliers. What's Jack Cust doing these days? I, I, don't, I don't know. Who knows? But you'll find out starting at 410 on Ace Total Access. I have so many Jack Cuss stories. Well, we don't have time for them. But you- he was such a peach. <laughs> he was a peach. 
Hey, Jack Cuss. Whatever he's doing, I bet he's looking. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and on that note, everybody have a great week, and we'll be back in just a little bit with A's Total Access. Thank you for listening to A's Cast and watching A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.